0: Do you know one of the things I love about Northridge is how generous you are Um, You may not know this, uh, but we support over a dozen missionaries and mission partners like that around the world. Um, Tim Mantai, Africa Hope, is doing amazing work in Kenya, and I am hoping over the next couple of months for you to see more and more of these, because we want you to know where your money is going, who you're supporting, and how the mission of God is being spread around the world. So I want you to know that your giving is making a difference, and um, if you're new here today and you don't know how to give, we've got offering boxes out there. You can drop something off while you leave. Um, but probably the easiest way is scanning that QR code in front of you, and that'll take you to our hub, um, and that will give you an easy way to give. You can also text hub to 478 245 and that'll send you a link to the hub, and you can sign up to give online there. So can I just say thank you to you for the work that you are doing? So today, we're talking about anxiety. When I told my wife this, she laughed at me. Because, remember a couple of weeks ago when I said my wife was super encouraging? I take that all back. Um, so, yeah, there's that. But she laughed at me because, in general, I am not a very anxious person. If I were to list kind of my spiritual struggles, uh, anxiety would be pretty low. It's not very high on there. But that hasn't always been the case for me. I was once a teenager or a college student, and, and I remember the anxiety that you have when you are a teenager and you're just wondering, man, what is going on? What is life like? What am I gonna do? What is this person, does this person like me? What is, this is just terrifying. And besides that, I'm a Nebraska fan. And you you may have heard this, but uh, we have a record for the most games that lost by one possession or less. So we got that going for us. We did that yesterday, good for us, you know. So I just live in anxiety every fall. That's just, just me. Some of you Falcon fans might be able to relate with me. Sorry about it. And believe it or not, this might actually surprise some of you, um, my undergraduate was actually in counseling. Um, I, I realized probably about my junior year that I didn't want to sit in a room and listen to people talk about their problems, and so I became a pastor, and I sit in a room, and I talk to people about their problems. I get paid far less, so thank you, God. That was, that was fun. But despite that, my wife's misgivings, everybody at all times faces anxiety of some sort or another, don't they? And the good thing is, even if I didn't have those experiences, even if I had never faced anxiety before, I can still speak to you because the Bible speaks about it. It does. It's been speaking about it for thousands of years. Just look at the Psalms, Uh, 68 of them, that's almost two-thirds, 68 of them are laments, That means they're just crying out to God. God, where are you? Why aren't you here helping me? That's more than half of them. Uh, Almost half of them, sorry. But let me read you just a couple of them. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call out to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I've put my trust in you. And this one from 44. Awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We write down to the dust, our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up, help us, rescue us because of your unfailing love. Then we have a whole book called Lamentations. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. That's kind of my go-to when I'm in anxiety. I'm just, oh, meaningless, everything's meaningless. Like, you just feel it deep in you. So humanity has been dealing with it since the beginning. The beautiful thing that we will see in this sermon is that God is right there in the midst of it with us. But first, uh, here's the problem for us, and this is why it's important for us to talk about it. When it comes to mental health, there's a bit of a progression. There's a, 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 a progression where people that struggle with anxiety, who people who have this as not just a subconscious thing, um, but it's become conscious and, and it's kind of overtaking their lives, people that live constantly in a state of anxiety, when you live like that, it will lead to depression. And eventually, physical health issues. See, anxiety starts when you have this, I've got this thing, and I don't know how to handle this thing, and I'm telling you that the consequences of this thing feel overwhelming to me, and I can't handle it. And what do we do? Our minds go to the worst possible scenario, don't we? And we just ruminate on it over and over again. And you do that long enough, you will become exhausted, and you will literally wear you out and you will barely be able to put one foot in front of the other, and you'll become depressed. I guess I just give up. I guess this is just the the verdict on my life. I guess I just, how my life is now. And you live in depression long enough, you begin to say to yourself, nobody understands me. Like, I, I know there's people around me that love me, but they don't understand. And eventually, you start cutting off these loved ones from your life. And you live in this place of loneliness, lonely depression long enough to lead you to thoughts of suicide. And so we think there's a progress to mental health, and if there's a progress, if we can nip it in the bud, if we can stop it in anxiety, we don't need to experience all the rest of this. Now I want to make it clear, as we've done every week, that there are times when you need actual help from doctors and psychiatrists and, and those. See, God made us biologically and physically and emotionally and, and spiritually, and there are times when, when your brain just may not work properly. You, you may have uh, been hit by a soccer ball when you're playing soccer as a kid and and your brain just doesn't function like it should have. Or maybe your body doesn't create the chemicals or the hormones that it needs to. Maybe your diet is just a poor diet and, and you're just not understanding things properly. So there are times when mental health requires a doctor's and we want to make sure that you understand how important that is and that there is no shame in a Christian going to a doctor. No shame. But when we live in a time where we understand the mental and the biological and the emotional better than any time else in history, and yet our emotional health is worse than any other time in history, then perhaps the answer is the one thing that society is pushing us away from. Perhaps the answer is spiritual. And that's the thing that I can speak about. So today, we are going to live in that we're going to look at how Jesus dealt with anxiety. Um, But as we talk about anxiety, as Christians, it kind of raises this question. If I struggle with anxiety, if I have anxiety, have I failed God? If I have this inside of me, have I let God down? Am I not living by faith? Is it a sin to be anxious? And I want to be very clear with you. No, it is not a sin to be anxious It's a little bit like anger. Um, God says, in your anger, do not sin. In your anxiety, anxiety can lead to sin. Anger leads to sin. But anxiety and anger in themselves are not sin. In fact, it might surprise you. If you look objectively at Jesus, uh, specifically in the hours leading up to his crucifixion and his death uh, and betrayal, Jesus experienced extreme anxiety. And that's what we are looking at today. And what we're going to see is when anxiety rose up in Jesus, he did what my daughter does. He talked back. My daughter, if you you catch her in the hall, she's going to talk your ear off. She is a talker. And when Jesus experienced anxiety, he talked back in three specific ways. Um, If you want to join us in Mark chapter 14, that's where we're going to be. And the first thing that we see and something that you may want to do when you experience anxiety, is you might want to talk to your friends. Talk to your friends. Whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, whenever you're feeling anxious or, or heaviness weight, it's actually really wise for you to talk with godly, spiritual friends. In fact, let's listen to the context of 14, what we're getting into. Jesus has just had a meal, the Last Supper, um, with his disciples. His community group is really what it was. And he's had this meal, and Judas has left him to go betray him. Jesus, all-knowing God, knows what Judas is going to do. Can you imagine the weight that's weighing on him? Knowing what's coming, the betrayal that's coming, the cross, the anxiety that all of that is going to come. So, Jesus goes with his, his friends. He takes uh, his community group to Garden of Gethsemane. And then he starts talking to his friends, Mark 14. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And then he took three of them further with him Peter, James, and John. And he begged, began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Jesus, the God of the universe, was deeply distressed and troubled. I love how the message puts it. The message is is like a a devotional guide for people. It, It puts it this way. He plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. Have you ever been in a place like that? Like just... Just your heart starts beating, you can't breathe. it feels like the walls are closing in on you, and you have no idea what to do. Jesus, God in the flesh felt this. Why? Because he knew what was going to come. Even though he was completely innocent, he was going to be arrested and tortured and die by crucifixion, the most painful and humiliating way to die, and even worse, he was perfect. He was sinless. And he was about to become sin as a sacrifice for all. So if you can imagine, never sin. He has perfect communion with with God, his Father. And he is going to become, name it, he's going to become rape. It's going to become murder. It's going to become envy and racism and violence and lust, and the list goes on and on, whatever you want to add to it. Holiness becomes filthiness. The one who had never sinned became sin, and because of his father, who loved him dearly, had to turn his back on him because he could not bear to look on it. And we hear Jesus on the cross, my God, my God, Dad, where are you? And his suffering Why have you forsaken me? And in the middle of this sinkhole of agony, the emotional agony, watch the honesty that that Jesus had with his friends. I I love this. Just complete, raw honesty. He says, guys, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He says to them, stay here and keep watch. In other words, I, I don't know if I can go on. I don't know if I can survive it. I need you with me. More than you can know. So he talked to his friends, and I believe that one of the biggest reasons so many people are battling anxiety in this world, why they're struggling with anxiety, is because you're lacking community. Honestly, I believe it. That is why I'm such a strong advocate of community groups. There are so many people that every little thing that comes along their way makes them unsettled or worried and struggles. You're vulnerable, Because, what does it say? You go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, what does it say? It is not good for man to be alone it's not good for us to be isolated or disconnected. In fact, who is Jesus? He is the incarnation. He is God with us, Emmanuel. God didn't just shout down from the heavens, I love you. No, he came to earth and he showed it to us in person, and he loved on us. It is the body of Christ. It is the power of with, and man, did we see that this last year as People return to the church after a year of withdrawal from church from COVID, and they would walk into these doors, and I would just see tears on their face. Man, it's so good to be with my people. Why did I wait so long to return? And they're just filled with emotion. There's something about the presence of God with your friends that is powerful. You weren't created to be alone it's a little bit like the difference of praying for and with. Like, I love praying for you. Don't get me wrong. If you fill out that that QR code and you go to pray and you fill out that prayer request, you can know that I will pray for you. You you can know that our elders and our staff, that we will pray for you. But man, when you come up to these stations over here and you pour out your soul to me and I put my arm around your shoulder and we pray together, There's something powerful about the presence of God together in community. So Jesus, the sinless son of God, says to his friends, I need you. He says, this is crushing me. I don't know if I can make it through. You just sit here. Just sit here with me and pray with me. So if you are feeling anxiety, the first thing you need to do is find some godly friends and talk to them. The second thing you can do is talk to your father. Not, not just your earthly father, but talk to your heavenly father. Uh, let me explain it to you this way. Do you, do you ever get anxiety when that little light pops up in your car dashboard, the, the check engine light? Oh, man. What's wrong now? How much is this going to cost me? Like, my parents bought this car, this, this van. It was old, and, like, every single light was on. Like, every time I drove it, like, I just... I thought, I'm gonna die. Like, this car's gonna blow up. I'm not gonna make it where I'm going. And there's such anxiety, but here's the thing. That, That little light, the indicator light, isn't the problem, is it? The indicator light is telling you that somewhere in your car, somewhere in your engine, something's wrong, and it would be a very good idea for you to take it to the manufacturer and have them figure out what's going on. Anxiety is a little bit like that light. Anxiety is saying, hey, There's something wrong in your soul, in your spirit. There's something wrong, and it would be a very good idea for you to go to your maker and tell him about it, to pray about it, to speak to him about it. Anxiety is a signal alerting you to pray and to take what's on your mind. Paul says this in Philippians. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. In everything you pray. In other words, if it's big enough for you to worry about, it is big enough for you to pray about. Absolutely. What's on your mind, take it to God. What's on your heart, you take it to God. If you're worried about your marriage, pray about your marriage. If you're worried about the economy, pray about the economy. If you're worried about your job or the election, you pray about it. If you're worried about a decision, oh, there's so many things. I don't know which decision. I don't know which way to go. Pray about your decision. If you're worried about your kids, you pray about your kids. If it's on your mind, then it's on God's heart. Pray about it. There is nothing too big. There is nothing that God cannot handle what is anxiety? It's a signal alerting you. It's time to pray. Jesus talked to his friends. He talked to his heavenly father. We see this verse 35. Going a little bit further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, this hour might pass from him. Please, I don't want to suffer this way. And here's what I love about Jesus' prayer. Like it's just Honest. Like we like to, to lie to ourselves and sometimes we like to lie to God. Oh, everything's fine. But He is just honest. He cries out from the depths of the soul and that's what God wants from you. That's exactly what he wants. Peter says to cast your cares upon him, to let him, just let him have it. He can handle it because God cares for you. You might cry out, I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know what if, I, I don't know if I can take this anymore and I promise you God can handle it. God can handle anything you throw at him. So cast your cares on him. He'd much rather you do that than be some kind of fake hypocrite that walks away without ever talking to him. There's something healing about telling God when you're afraid, when you're doubting, when you don't understand, when you're upset. He can handle your honesty. Father, things are falling apart right now. I don't know what to do. God, are you you there? Do you hear me? God, I'm starting to doubt. I don't know if I trust you. Why couldn't you? Why didn't you? I know you could, but you didn't. Why didn't you? Do you, do you see what's going on in my life? It feels like you're ignoring me. I'm trying to trust you. I'm finding it difficult right now. That kind of honesty. Jesus says, hey, if we can do it any other way, let's do that. I'm just telling you, I'm begging you, can we please do it another way? So what are you going to do when it's 2 a.m. and your mind is just racing and you have no idea what to do? You talk to your Heavenly Father. You tell Him what's on your mind. And the third thing that you can do is talk to your feelings. You talk to your feelings. Like, can I, can I ask you guys, does anybody else in this room, is it just me, does anybody else have crazy, whacked out feelings sometimes? Yeah? Yeah, like you know those people that say hey follow your feelings, follow your gut no don't do that if I were to follow my feelings I would be in prison by 12 o'clock tonight like honestly <laughs> we, we don't follow your feelings don't, troll, don't if I don't you you are not your feelings your feelings are important your feelings matter but your feelings are not always true they're not And I want you to tell your feelings that you don't get to lead me. You don't get to lead me. Just because I feel that doesn't mean it's true. And you know that because sometimes we worry about things that never come true. In fact, my wife was just reading a book. She told me um, that they did this study. And 97% of the things that we worry about never happen. 97% of the things that we stress out about never happen. So, you're going to talk to your feelings about your faith. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Watch this. Watch what he did in verse 36. He said, Abba, Father. He said, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. That's what I want. I want you to take this cup from me. But then he spoke to his feelings not what I will, but what you will. Not what I will, but what you will. Okay, did, did Jesus wake up feeling like that? No. Did he feel like suffering on the cross? Did he, you think he woke up saying, I want to be rejected. I want to be abused. I want to be falsely accused. I want to be physically beaten and nailed to a cross. I want to hang naked and ashamed. I want to pay someone's price for a crime I never committed. I want to be misunderstood. I want to be despised. I want to feel emotional distance from God. He never said that. No, so you speak to your feelings. Tell your feelings the truth. Whenever you start feeling, well, maybe God doesn't love me. No, 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 no. God is love. No, God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall have eternal life. Now, whenever you feel like uh, nobody really cares. No, 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 There are people around me. God has placed the right people around me that I know love, and I know that God will never leave me nor forsake me. When you start to worry about your finances, oh no, there's more money than month left. No, 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 no. My God is an abundant provider. He will meet all of my needs according to his glories and riches. When you feel like I just can't go on any further, no, no, no. I can do all things through Christ who has given me strength. I am not a victim. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the strength of his testimony. What did Jesus do with his anxiety? He talked to his friends. He talked to his father. And he talked to his feelings. And some of you need to get your feelings in line. You need to tell them, I want you to align with my faith. I am leading you back to my faith. You no longer get to control me. And here's the truth although I feel it, it may not be true. And guess what? It worked. What Jesus did really worked. Like, think about it. He stumbles into the garden and he's overwhelmed to the point of death. What happens when he leaves? He is, when he is arrested, and he's beaten, and he's hung on a cross, what did he do? He said, no man takes my life. He was resolute. He was strong. He was full of faith. He was determined. He was unshakable. No one takes my life. I choose to lay it down. What Jesus did worked. He overcame his anxiety. And when he was hanging on the cross and creation was at its worst, mocking and spitting upon the creator of the universe, Jesus, God in the flesh, Jesus looked up at his father and said, God, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And he said, it is finished. I did what you sent me to do. And he breathed his last breath. What Jesus did worked So how do we deal with anxiety? It's the same way I deal with my anxiety because I'm a pastor and I love Jesus and I have anxiety. I struggle with worrying about things at times. And I talk to my wife every day. I talk to my friends, Matt and Dwayne. I talk to Adam. I talk to God. I have conversations with God that might embarrass you. God, why are you doing this? God, I'm starting to not trust you. God, where are you? And I've cried out to him. And I've talked to my feelings. And I've told them, you are not the boss of me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within me. And I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And that's our sermon in a sentence. When we experience anxiety, we talk it down. Last week, when we experienced depression, we fight back. When we've experienced anxiety, we talk it down. We cry out to God. We talk to our feelings. We talk to our friends. And Paul said this. Paul was actually in prison, probably facing execution. Very uncertain times. He said, don't be anxious about anything. You could fill that blank with anything. What are you anxious about? Don't be anxious about school. Don't be anxious about boys or girls. Don't be anxious about your marriage. Don't be anxious about inflation. Don't be anxious uh, about your job or your marriage or, or, or the decisions your child is making. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here's the thing. You will experience this very same thing that Jesus experienced. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. It is the peace of God that will guard you. It is not the peace, your peace, it is not the peace of this world. That means the world cannot give it and the world cannot take it away. It is the peace of God. And so you have to understand when your soul feels overwhelmed with anxiety that there is no storm God can't bring you through. There is no obstacle God can't help with. There is nothing that God can't defeat and there is no heartache that God will not heal. And pray with me. God, we are an anxious people. We are a people prone to trusting in ourselves and not you. And so, God, right now, I pray for the people in this room who do not have the godly community to turn to, that you will bring friends, Christian friends, into their lives. And you will give us the strength to speak honestly with them, to tell them truly what is in our hearts. God for those in the room that are afraid to tell you their true thoughts God we pray that you break them of their pride and their fear God we pray that you will have an honest conversation with them that they will speak to you their hurts their fears and they will lay it on you in a way that only you can handle and God for each and every one of us Give us the strength to tell our feelings to get in line. God, that you are the only way to a healthy life. God, that you are the one that can handle our anxiety. So for each person in this room, God, we pray for peace. You bring that about. It's in your name we pray. Amen. One of the things I love about this sermon series is is that we've promised to go through this with you. The, The power of with. And normally, if you come and pray at the altars, we'll kind of let you be and just kind of let you have your moment. But today, if you just need to tell God, I am done worrying about this. God, please take this from me. God, I am struggling. Help me. If you come pray at the altar, somebody's going to come lay their hand on you. And they'll be with you. If you want somebody to pray with you, our prayer partners will be on either side of the hall. And they will come and pray with you. And they'll lay their hand on you. And they'll speak words of life. So join us. Go ahead and stand as we continue. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at